This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. On past broadcasts, and especially on the powerfully popular 10-part series on More Than Conquerors Radio this past February, entitled Attributes of the Heavenly Father, the Bible has a great deal to say about serving a forgiving Father. We've learned from our past studies that the attribute of perfect forgiveness is a heavenly one reserved solely for the King of Kings alone. In this exciting two-day message, we are reminded that only God has the power to truly forgive. Man does not have the authority to forgive others of their sins, nor can they do anything that will justify forgiveness of their own sins. And especially revealing are the truths surrounding the deeply rooted reasons why Christians, even after being forgiven, find it so difficult to forgive themselves. Now, here's Pastor Ray with his life-changing message on breaking the bondages of unforgiveness. You should open with me to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 5 and verse 19. And then I want you to get a finger in 1 John chapter 1. And we'll go into a verse or two into John 2. But go to John 1, um, uh, 1 John, sorry, 1 John chapter 1. So let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to start there. I wanted to, I thought I was finished with my forgiveness um, thing, little mini-series, but when I left, um, I, I was actually out to lunch with, uh, when we finished off the last time, I was out to lunch with Dr. Colbert, and I was sharing some of that, what I was sharing about forgiveness, and he said, you know, I shared one point that I kind of just went over real quickly with you the last time that we were together, and um, he said, wow, he said, that's a revelation, he said, that's something that people really need to hear about. And I thought, wow, and it's like the Holy Spirit just spoke to me right there and said, you need to, you need to teach that. Because I really intended on doing a different message today, but I really felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to go back and to highlight, to talk about this one little point that I kind of went over that I think is really, really important and extremely valuable uh, information for every Christian. And that was the point, if you remember what I had said at one point at the very end of my points, uh, the last time we were together, I mentioned and I talked about how nowhere in the Bible have I ever found or see where we have the power to forgive ourselves. How many remember that? As it relates to ourselves, we need to receive forgiveness from God. We don't possess the power to forgive ourselves. This is just my belief, all right, because I've looked through the scripture, I don't see it. What we do is receive forgiveness from God for ourselves. And that puts us in a position now to be able to share that forgiveness with others around us. But as you see, and people will struggle and go through life saying, well, I made this mistake or I did this dumb thing. How many of you ever done a dumb thing or made a mistake or sinned or whatever? And, and if you don't really understand how to receive that forgiveness from God or that that forgiveness is available to you, you'll go through your life or season of your life in guilt and in shame and feeling like, you know, you can never get over this thing when all the while you've been forgiven by God. 
but you haven't been able to release it. And really what I think it is, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a symptom of probably your relationship with God. In other words, if God forgives you, how can I not release myself from whatever it is that I've done? God who knows me and created me, loves me. If he forgives me, how could I hold, withhold that forgiveness from myself? That's why I don't believe you can forgive yourself. What you have to do is get that forgiveness from God. Receive that forgiveness into your life. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and keep on going. Because the truth of the matter is, look, the goal in life is to not sin. That's the goal. The goal is to walk through this life and not sin and not make mistakes like that, that that are an offense or an affront to God or to others. But the fact of the matter is that as much as we try, sometimes we fall short. We don't purpose to. We don't want to. I hope you don't. I hope you're not purposing to sin. I hope you're not wanting to sin. The goal is not to sin, but in, you know, in this walk through life, sometimes that happens. We, we, fall into a sin. We, we do something we shouldn't do. We say something we shouldn't say. We act in a way we shouldn't act. How many of you are on board with me? Are you as human as I am? All right. So now what do we do as a believer? Well, we've got to investigate and look into the word and see what the word says about this. Because I found that a lot of times people hold themselves hostage to guilt and to shame and they can't go on with their life. And if you live in guilt and shame, you're not going to be able to progress or to develop in faith and and confidence and boldness in God and in the things of God because you haven't yet received that forgiveness from God or understand maybe how forgiving the Father God is. He is a forgiving Father. Just like you. How many many of you have children as a parent, mother, father? Well, if your child did something that offended you or did something that you asked them not to do, well, your, your instant reaction would be disappointment, maybe even anger as a human. But would you hold that against them for the rest of their life if they came to you and said, Mother, Father, I am so sorry that I did this and I realized my sin. What would you do? You would rejoice over the fact that they recognized the wrong that they did and how wrong it is and how hurtful it could be to themselves or to others. And when you, when you have that assurance within your own heart, you have nothing but forgiveness for them. That's just a natural parental response. Am I correct or am I not right? Well, your heavenly father looks to you the same and to us the same way. We make mistakes. We don't, we don't seek to do that. The message of God's grace is not a message or a license to sin, to say, well, I'm going to sin anyway because I know I come out the other side and I'm forgiven. That would be wrong. That would be trampling on the grace of God and using the grace of God. The goal is not to sin. The goal is to walk in this life and honor God, to please God. But the fact of the matter is that humans do make mistakes. So what do we do? How do we, you know, are, are we going to hold ourselves hostage to those mistakes for the rest of our life? And here, this is, this is the bottom line. If you can't receive forgiveness for yourself, you will never be able to share forgiveness with others around you. You'll never be able to do it. You'll hold unforgiveness against other people because you are holding within yourself unforgiveness as well. You have not been yet released. And the only way you can be released from those sins is as you learn to receive forgiveness from God, as you interact with the Heavenly Father over the mistakes and the sins that you've made in your life. Can I get a better amen than that? All right. So let's look at some verses and we'll go through this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 19. So 
in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, this is a very familiar verse of scripture. And I want to uh, read it from, I'm going to start in verse 17. And it says there, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, how many of you are in Christ? You have received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Well, the Bible says that you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So that means it doesn't matter what you were in your past life before Christ. When I say your past life, I'm not talking about reincarnation. I'm talking about B.C., before Christ. Before you accepted Christ into your life, it doesn't matter who you were or what you did or your behavior or your activities. Because when you came to the realization and the recognition in your life that you were a sinner and you need a Savior and you accepted Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life, the Bible says the old is gone and a whole new order begins in your life. A whole new life begins the moment that you receive Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life. Isn't that good news? So it doesn't matter what your past is. A lot of times we want to find out people's past um, and somehow, you know, we, we maybe use that to hold it against them or formulate opinions or ideas about somebody. Well, for a believer and in the church, it shouldn't matter where, what a person did or where they came from or what their activity was. What matters is where are they today? What are they doing? Are they living for Jesus? Have they fully, you know, walked away from that life? Have they fully walked in the things of God? If so, it doesn't matter who they were, what they, they could have killed somebody. Who cares? They are a brand new creation in Christ. You and I, when we received Jesus Christ into our hearts and lives, became a brand new creation. Come on, somebody give, give the Lord a hand clap right there. Thank God. Because I didn't like who I used to be. I don't know about you. I didn't like who I used to be. I didn't like what I used to do. I didn't like the thoughts I used to think. I didn't like some of the activities of my life because I found out that they were not consistent with the Word of God. When I came to the realization that life wasn't okay the way I wanted to live it, but rather God had a lifestyle for me to live. When I came to the realization that I needed a Savior, that's when everything was wiped clean in my life and I had a brand new chance and a brand new start. I am grateful to God for that to this very day. Can I get a better amen than that? So he says... Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So as it relates to things of the past, you've made mistakes, you've made some sins, you may have done some things, doesn't matter what you did, could have killed somebody, you could have had an abortion, you could have lived a, an ungodly lifestyle of some sort, alcohol, drugs, whatever it be, you could have been a crook, you could have been a liar, a cheat, whatever it be. Now that you've come to know Jesus and you recognize how wrong and sinful that activity is and you've accepted him in your life, that should not hold you hostage. Those things should not hold you hostage to your past. You are a brand new creation in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come. You see, to, 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 to walk in the, in the memory of those things of the past and to be held hostage to those things really causes you as a believer to be stunted in your growth in the things of God because you don't see yourself as being worthy. You don't see yourself as being good enough. You always are measuring yourself through the eyes of the past and you can never grow or progress in your walk and in your maturity and in your growth as a Christian if you are constantly looking through the eyes of the past. Now, you may have, you may have the, really the bottom line is if there's anything about your past that you should be conscious of is that you know how wrong it is you know how it destroyed you or could have destroyed you, maybe destroyed somebody else or hurt somebody else in, in its wake. 
and that you have learned from that and you have rejected that and you are now moving on beyond that. Because that's what God would want you and I to learn about sin. Sin to the believer, the only way I can, I can explain this, sin to the believer, this is a simple illustration, sin to the believer is like kryptonite is to Superman. Superman possesses all the powers that are supernatural. He can fly, he can, he can bust through buildings, he can see through, you know, with x-ray vision. The only thing that saps his strength and his ability to exercise his power is when kryptonite gets near him. And that's exactly how it is in the life of a believer. We are strong. We are conquerors. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers in this life. We, we have and possess the spirit and the anointing of God in our lives. And the only thing that can destroy us and sap our strength is when we allow sin into our lives. That takes our, our, our anointing and our strength away from us. So he says... Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Verse 18, now all things are of God. This is God's work. This is not my work. See, it's not me trying to attain to some level of obedience or some level, spiritual level, to be acceptable to God. I became acceptable to God based on the merit of Jesus Christ, based on what Jesus did for me. I be, and the fact that I have accepted him into my life, I have become acceptable to God. And this is where I think sometimes even Christians get messed up because they think I'm not good enough to receive from God. I'm not good enough to have God's blessing in my life. Well, you never will be good enough. God never intended for you to be good enough to qualify you as a kingdom son or daughter. What qualifies you is your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. We're preaching him crucified, him the savior of our souls, his blood that was shed for you and for me. Come on. Somebody give me a better amen than that. So therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. How are, how are we, because that word reconcile means to, to uh, balance or to bring us back. How has he brought us back to himself? Through Jesus Christ. Not human effort, but through Jesus Christ. He is the one who died on the cross and shed his blood. He is the one who brings us back and makes us worthy and cleanses us of all our sins. We can't do that on our own, you see. That's the way God brings us back to himself. So he says, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through, Christ, uh, through Jesus Christ and who has given us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, he has reconciled us. Now we, knowing how God has changed our lives, ought to go out into the world and preach the same reconciliation to the lost. Let them know that there is a savior. There is a God who loves you and wants you back wants you to be in relationship with him. Can I get a better amen than that? We're not ministers of condemnation. We're not ministers of judgment. We're ministers of reconciliation, helping people to come into the presence of God and to get into relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we ought to be doing, each and every one of us. And it says, verse 19, that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Now listen, I like this. Not imputing their trespasses to them. Not imputing their trespasses to them. 
The, the New, New uh, International Version, the NIV, says it this way, not counting men's sins against them. So God is not wanting to keep an account of men's sins. He wants to free you from the bondage of sin. He wants you to be free in this world, to develop and to grow in this relationship with him. But if we do mess up and we do disappoint God and we disappoint ourselves and maybe disappoint others, we should be able to be in a strong enough relationship with God that we go to him and ask forgiveness, get cleaned up, pick ourselves up and move on with life. Come on, somebody give me a better amen than that. You can't hold yourself or anybody else in bondage to the sins of their past. All right. So let's go over to 1 John and let's look at a couple of verses in 1 John. Remember the subject that we're talking about is that you don't have the power to forgive yourself, but rather that you must receive forgiveness from God. You must receive forgiveness from God. That means that when I, when I mess up, I go into the presence of God and I ask because I have a heart that grieves. I have a heart that feels sorry. I have a heart that wants to make it right with God. I go to the Father and I ask him for forgiveness. And the minute I ask for forgiveness is the minute that, and I mean it from my heart. In other words, I'm not playing with God. I'm not doing that as a get out of jail card, you know, well, I can ask for forgiveness anytime that I need it. No, I have to really be sorry for what I've done. I have to recognize the mistake I made, you see. And it's amazing to me how many times people um, don't recognize the sin in their life and they just continue with that sin thinking it's okay. Well, they become desensitized to the prompting or to the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always convict you when... And your own spirit will convict you when you, uh, when you sin and you make a mistake. And if you ignore that time after time after time, you become desensitized to that prompting or to that conviction in your heart. And then what happens is eventually you kind of you just, just believe that sin is okay and that this is okay for me and you just persist in it and you keep doing it. And then, then you see what, what really follows is the guilt and the shame and you're held in bondage to that sin. Is this, is this speaking to anybody here today? And you can't grow and progress as a believer. But when you recognize that sin in your life and you go before the Father and you repent of that sin and you truly receive the grace and the mercy from God, man, there's nothing greater. You know, it empowers you. And you come out of that situation, you ought to come out of that situation not only having received the grace and the mercy for yourself and the forgiveness for yourself, but being ready to share that with others around you because you realize how much you needed that forgiveness. Now I am better able to share that forgiveness with others because when I see somebody else make a mistake, I have to be reminded that I've done the same kind of thing in my life too. I've, I've made those mistakes. I've thought those things. I've said those things. So how can I hold, withhold forgiveness towards others when I myself have been forgiven by God. Come on, somebody help me here by giving me a better <clears throat> amen. <clears throat> All right, excuse me. So First <clears throat> John and the very first chapter, um, let's go to, um, let's go to verse eight. Um, first John chapter one and verse eight. And let's, uh, let's investigate these verses. And John writes here, he said, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And let me clarify this for you. 
If we say we do not have any sin, when we sin. In other words, when we sin, if we deny that we have sinned, the Bible says that we deceive ourselves and we're not in truth. It brings us back to that thought that I just touched on a minute ago, is that when we sin, we need to be conscious of the fact that this is sinful. This is not good. This is an offense to God. This is not only hurting God, but it's hurting others or maybe even hurting myself. So I have to be conscious every day of my life of the activities of my life. And if there is sinful activity in my life, then I've got to be ready to confess that thing and to deal with that thing between me and God. Come on, are you with me? So he says here, he says, so if we say we have no sin when we sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And uh, recently I had a situation where I had somebody uh, that I, came to me and, and basically lied to me, to my face. And I knew that they were lying because I had the truth. I had the evidence of the fact that they were lying. But they looked me right in the face and they lied to me. And even after I presented the evidence, they still tried to make excuses around the evidence and continued to lie. And I'm thinking, there's the verse. You've sinned and you're denying the fact that you have sinned. And, and really what you've done now is you've deceived yourself. That's why it's so important, you know my little saying, when you mess up, what should you do? Fess up. Don't try to run from it and deny it and make excuses about it. When you're caught, you might as well just say, I'm caught. As be better than that, before you get caught, why don't you confess it and deal with it before the, 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 the throne of God? Then you won't get caught because it'll already be a done issue and a done deal. Now, so the fact still remains that even if along the way in life, we mess up sometimes, we're humans. As much as we try, remember the goal and the aim is not to sin. But if we do sin, and how many of you, and let's see how many honest people we have in this church. Let's see how many people are really spiritual this morning. How many of you in your time of walking with the Lord have sinned? Wow, all right. That is pretty darn cool that we had a pretty good, all right? We've done things, said things, thought things, whatever it be, that we should not have done, treated somebody the way we shouldn't have treated them. Come on, are you with me? You know, pride is also a sin. It's not always stealing, killing, cheating, sex. It's, uh, pride is a sin. Have we ever gotten into pride? If you didn't raise your hand, you have that sin. Good morning. I, I want to I tell you the truth, all right? You've got that sin in your life. If you didn't raise your hand, oh, I don't sin. Yes, you do, brother, right there. You are convicted, guilty as charged. Every one of us, right? So the fact of the matter is that even though we purpose to do what's right and we purpose to not sin, along the way, sometimes stuff is going to happen. Thank God that God has given us a great escape clause in his word. So he says... Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness or from that sense of unrighteousness in our life. 
Thanks for listening to More Than Conquerors on WMCA. This is Phil Boyce, Senior VP for Salem Media Group. We love our local ministries, and now more than ever, churches need your support. If you've been blessed by Pastor Ray's message, would you consider donating to their ministry? In exchange for your gift of $10 or more, Pastor Ray will send you a copy of Heaven is a Real Place, a three-CD message you have probably never heard preached before about what God says heaven is really like. To donate, just go to livingwordchurch.org or mail a check to P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. That's P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to tune in to WMCA Mondays through Fridays at 2 p.m. and 6.30 p.m. for more than conquerors. Or visit livingwordchurch.org on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. for their online streaming service. And now a final message from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors. This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.